the fable of compassion, the sun and the wind. The sun and the wind were discussing which of them was the more powerful. You see that man walking along the road? Or to prove my strength, I could blow his cloak straight off his back far quicker than anything you could do, said the wind. We shall see, replied the sun. I, I will let you try first. The wind began gathering strength to blow with all its might, cold and fierce, but the stronger it blew, the tighter the resolute traveller wrapped his cloak around him. As he grasped it with his hands and continued more slowly on his journey, stronger and stronger the wind howled against him, but to no effect. I give up. There is nothing more that can be done, said the wind at last. It's my turn now, said the sun. You've, you have tried your hardest. The sun began to shine and expressed its warmth as love and light. Brighter and hotter it shone until the man was bathed in the heat of its brilliance, until he took off his cloak. The wind realised that its strength had counted for nothing against the man determined not to allow it to alter his intended path. The sun was victorious in the glory of patient kindness. And the moral of the story is, the way of gentle persuasion is far better than the use of force. fable of belligerence, the lion's share. The lion wanted so much to hunt down the elusive unicorn. He knew full well about its magical qualities of light, combined with the qualities of purity, harmony, independence, peace, freedom, abundance, prosperity and hope. But try as he might, he was unable to find it and entrap it. So he sought the assistance of the wolf, who roamed in the mountains to the north, the fox from the valleys to the west, and the bear who lived over in the islands. Each of them had also sought to rid themselves of the unicorn, but had never achieved individual success. So they all joined forces and they hunted and hunted until between them, they had at last trapped the unicorn and they soon took its life. The question came about how they would divide the spoils of their victory. 
the lion took a stand over the body of the unicorn and pronounced judgment. Between us, we have achieved our task, and we shall divide it into quarters, roared the lion. The others nodded in agreement. The lion continued, I am your sovereign, and will take one quarter as an offering for allowing you to keep your lands. Another share shall be mine as I devised the plan leading to the unicorn to be caught. Another I shall take because of my part in the chase and because the unicorn was captured on my territory. The lion then lifted his heavy clawed paw and placed it firmly on the body of the unicorn. As for the last quarter, I should like to see which of you would dare to take it from me. The wolf and the others, recognising their weakened position, slinked away, but growled back in a low voice. You may have shared in the victory and the labours of us all, but you're not prepared to share the spoils with us. And the moral of the story is, those in positions of power will quickly seek to make whatever allies are needed to achieve their aims. But they will soon take back power when their victory is won. of exaggeration, the man and the mosquito. There was once a man who sat down peacefully to meditate. A mosquito came up and kept buzzing around his head, which was bald, stinging him from time to time. The man aimed a blow at the source of his distraction but his palm slapped down hard onto his head instead. Each time he sought peace within, his tiny enemy continued to torment him. Each blow continued to cause injury to the man without any effect on the mosquito's quick avoidance. man became wiser and said, You may be small, but my responses are turning your actions into something far bigger. And the moral of the story is, Best to ignore those who annoy and frustrate you, or your reaction will cause even more pain to yourself.
the fable of hypocrisy, the mice and the fat cat. The mice once called a congress to decide on a plan to free themselves of their enemy, the fat cat. Their lives had become filled with terror and constant fear of her claws, never knowing what the cat was going to do or where it was going to be next. They hardly moved as they constantly had to be careful of where they could go, how they could move around, when they could eat and sleep safely without the cat suddenly appearing. Many plans were put forward, but they could not fully decide which was the best option because every one of them contained flaws. Then a young mouse stepped forward and said, Look, it's quite simple, but I know it will be successful because it will just work. All we have to do is to hang a bell around the cat's neck so that when we hear the bell ringing, we will know immediately when our enemy is coming. Brilliant! It was simple and effective and would certainly resolve the problem. They were surprised that they hadn't thought of it before and all agreed that it was the best action to take. And then one old mouse stepped forward and said, I only have one question. Who will place the bell on the cat? The mouse that does this will surely be eaten alive before they've even tried, or even if they manage to get close, will fail to get away without certain death. The other older mice immediately replied, well, we cannot do this as we are old and cannot move as fast these days. Let the younger ones sort this out amongst themselves as to who will take on this task. The younger mice responded, but we do not have experience of being around cats. We don't know how, so we turn to you, our elders, to resolve this for all of this. How could we possibly know what is needed to do this? We have all decided that this is the best course of action, as the fat cat is not just going to go away. But now we cannot decide how to go about doing what we've all agreed upon. So instead, it's just easier for everyone to have second thoughts. So the fat cat kept getting fatter and the mice continued to squabble amongst themselves whilst they continued to live in fear. And the moral of the story is, it's easy to talk about the best way that something should be done but it's quite a different matter to do it.
The Fable of Deception, The Mountain Goat and the Wolf. A goat stood on a mountain ledge high above the rest of the animals that lived down in the valley far below. A wolf spotting the goat tried climbing up to it, but the goat was nimble-footed and eagle-eyed and saw the wolf coming from a distance and sought to secure a position where it couldn't be reached. The wolf shouted out to the goat, Why do you keep living your life on a cliff edge with the constant risk of falling off your lofty position? Have you not heard that all the animals in the valley have finally reached an agreement and have decided to forget all of their differences and live in total peace and friendship from this point forward. The grass is greener, more plentiful, and the terrain is more easygoing. Come down from your cliff top, as we are now all good friends and have reason to celebrate together. That's fantastic news. I am so pleased to hear that, replied the goat. But as the goat spoke, she looked up and seemed to be staring at something far into the distance. What are you looking at now, said the wolf? Come down and share the good news. Well, I've just seen a pack of dogs coming towards us. They must have heard about the good news too, and they're heading this way, she shared with the wolf. As soon as he heard this, the wolf leapt down from the cliff and began to rapidly head off in the opposite direction. Where are you going? said the goat. It's okay, the dogs are your friends now as well. Yes, well, snarled the wolf. They might not yet have heard the news, and I've just remembered that I've got some other important matters to attend to right now. The goat smiled to herself and settled down on her mountain ledge. This was her mountain, and she wasn't going to be tricked into climbing down until she decided she was ready to. And the moral of the story is, you can't trick a trickster. Those who have achieved high positions have got there for a reason. The Fable of Fulfillment, The Town Mouse and the Country Mouse A town mouse once ventured out into the countryside to visit a relative. Delighted to see her, for lunch the country mouse had gathered together wheat grains, roots and a few acorns with a dash of cold water from the stream for a drink. The town mouse, although hungry from travelling, ate very sparingly, nibbling a little of this and a little of that, 
and by her manner, making it very obvious that she ate the food just to be polite. After the simple meal, the friends had a long talk, or rather, the town mouse talked constantly about her lifestyle in the city, while the country mouse listened. They then went to bed in a cosy straw nest in the hedgerow and slept in quiet and comfort until morning. In her sleep, the country mouse dreamed she was a town mouse with all the luxuries and delights of city life that a friend had described for her. So the next day, when the town mouse asked the country mouse to go home with her to the city, she gladly said yes. When they arrived, the town mouse led the country mouse into the dining room where on the table lay a fine banquet of jellies and pastries, cheeses and nuts. The country mouse was amazed that all the food was all laid out ready for them, just to tuck into and help themselves. See what luxury I live in, such abundance, all you could ever wish for, she proclaimed. The country mouse certainly agreed. They climbed up onto the table and were just about to nibble on a pastry when the house cat, which had been waiting in the shadows, pounced out and narrowly missed them with her sharp claws as they scurried away at high speed. As they lay still, catching their breath, the town mouse decided to take the country mouse into the food pantry instead. They made their way along the edges of the corridors, constantly stopping and waiting to see if there were any signs of the cat. Finally, they reached the pantry and climbed up onto the wooden shelves to find themselves once again surrounded by food. Packets of sweet biscuits, boxes of cereal, and all manner of delicious smelling wrapped foods. Just then, the house dog entered the room, having smelled the mice from afar. He jumped up and down, barking and growling, trying to get to their position. The town mouse quickly said, follow me, and led the terrified country mouse through a crack in the wall that led them into the kitchen. Once again, beautiful smells wafted all around them as they made their way up to the kitchen worktops to see what food they could get hold of. With a shout, suddenly a large carving knife held by the kitchen chef came down sharply behind them, taking off the very tip of the tail of the town mouse. They leapt off the worktops, landing heavily on the floor and ran as fast as they could, right back out of the kitchen. They ran swiftly past the barking dog, quickly dodging past a sharp-clawed cat and back up to the town mouse's nest in the attic 
made of fine furs and soft silken threads taken from the materials surrounding them. We are quite safe here, said the town mouse. My last place was nicer, but I had to move. I've stayed here for at least a month now, and they haven't found me yet, so we should be all right. As the town mouse nursed her bleeding wound, she continued saying, Oh well, that has been quite adventurous. Maybe we will be luckier in a few days' time once things have settled. The cat and the dog aren't always around, and we could try again to go and get some of that delicious food. The country mouse picked up her bag. It's all very well having all these beautiful things around you, she said as she hurried away. But you are living in constant fear of trying to obtain them. This is not for me. I would rather have simpler things and a simpler existence in the country, in peace and quiet, without having to worry about my health the whole time. She waved goodbye. And the moral of the story is, better to leave a simple life in peace than to be in the midst of plenty with fear and uncertainty all the time. of duality, the traveller and the guru. A man had walked for miles across bare desert and through thick jungle to find a guru. Upon arriving, he walked straight up to the guru. Master, I have given up everything and travelled miles across deserts and through jungles to be here with you. The guru asked, what is that pack that lies upon your back? The man replied, this is the last of my belongings, master. This is all I have left in the world. I have nothing else. The guru stated, you arrive with a pack on your back and the need to tell me all you have done to get here. You claim to have given up everything, and yet your claim alone means something as you offer it to me with meaning. If you have all your belongings with you, then you have everything, and I have nothing to give you. The guru turned and walked away from the man. The man was confused, but... What can I do now, master? I've got nothing left. The guru stopped, turned back and said, In return for all you say you have done, I will give you this advice. 
leave this place and return only when you have nothing to give me. When you have no pack on your back and no claims of what you have done for me, only then will you have nothing in this world. For it is only when you truly experience having nothing that you will truly appreciate everything. And the moral of the story is to truly know one thing you must also know its opposite. The fable of deceit, the wolf and the sheep. The wolf had not eaten in some time and thought about ways that he could satisfy his hunger. He decided to put on a white coat and a badge and a stethoscope and headed out to the neighborhood which is where all the sheep lived. The wolf walked around smiling sweetly at the sheep and let them know that he would be happy to help them and give them medicine to make them all feel far better. We know what you are, a wise sheep said. No matter how well you disguise your appearance and your intentions, we will remain far better if we don't take what you are offering us, for we know what our fate would be if we did. And the moral of the story is, what sounds good at first may later prove not to be good for you at all. The Fable of Influence The Man, His Son and the Donkey A man took his son to the market with their donkey beside them. As they walked, a farmer passed them by. What fools you are to walk alongside a donkey that is there to ride upon. So the man told his son to climb up onto the donkey's back while he led it along the road. They passed a group of men who loudly exclaimed, See that lazy youngster letting his father walk while he rides. The man ordered the boy off the donkey and climbed on instead. They had not travelled far when two women passed by saying, shame on that lazy lout, letting his poor son trudge alongside. 
So the man took the boy up onto the donkey's back before him. They reached the market where the passers-by scolded and jeered. Look at them, both riding that poor donkey. How poor and simple must they be to overload a donkey like that? The man and the boy both got off at the market and tried to think what they could do. The man purchased a cart and he and his son pulled the cart along the road with the donkey riding within it. Amid the laughter of all who saw them, the boy misplaced his step and dropped the arm of the cart which rolled away down the road towards Market Bridge and then plunged into the river. They watched as the cart and the donkey sunk beneath the surface and were swept away. An old man that had been following them along the road said, No matter what you have done, you have been judged, and in trying to please all, you have pleased no one. And the moral of the story is, follow your own path. If you expect to be judged by your actions in trying to please everyone, you will please no one. Fable of Hubris, the Bull and the Dragonfly. The dragonfly flew over the meadow with much sound of buzz, buzz, buzzing and decided to take a rest. So he landed on the end of one of the horns of a bull feeding in the meadow. After he had rested, just before he flew away, thanked the bull for allowing him the use of his horn as a resting place. I'm sure you heard me arriving, said the dragonfly. You must be happy now that I'm going, so that you can go about your business. The bull replied, To be honest, little fly, I hadn't noticed you arriving, and would not have noticed you leaving either. Had you not spoken, I would not have known you were there at all. And the moral of the story is, those with small minds and loud mouths often think of themselves with greater importance. Importance is not a position gained, but a position earned. Fable of Agenda The Wolf 
in sheep's clothing. A wolf found it difficult to get close to the sheep due to the awareness and vigilance of the shepherd and his team of dogs. But one day he found the fleece of a sheep that had been skinned and put to one side for tanning. So he placed it over his own fur and confidently walked down amongst the sheep. Sheep being sheep immediately accepted him, particularly those that had been close to the sheep whose skin he was now wearing. The wolf separated them one by one from the rest and made a meal of devouring them. For some time, the wolf succeeded in deceiving not only the sheep, but the shepherd and the dogs as well, who were keeping an eye out for wolves, but not for wolves who looked and behaved like the sheep. So they carried on protecting the very enemy that they believed they were there to protect against. And the moral of the story is, appearances can be deceiving, even with those who fit in amongst others. However, their nature reveals their agenda. Fable of Division, the Father and His Sons A father had a family of sons who spent many long hours arguing and bickering with each other. Who was the best? Who was the strongest? Who had the looks? And who was the most skilled? Nothing that the father said to them made the slightest difference. They were quick to return to their quarrelling as soon as the opportunity arose. He cast his mind for some outstanding example that would show them their constant disagreements would only lead them to misfortune. On one particular day, a fight had broken out and each of the sons had become battered and torn, their appearances dishevelled and unpresentable to the world. The father asked one of them to bring him a bundle of sticks used to light the evening fire. He handed the bundle to each boy, in turn asking them to try and break the, the bundle. Although each one tried his best, hoping to be the strongest, but none of them were able to do so. The father then untied the bundle and passed each of the sticks to his sons and asked them to break them one by one. This they did easily. My sons, said the father, in your keenness to outdo each other, you've achieved nothing between you all. But 
Do you not see that if you agree with each other and help each other, then it will be become difficult for your enemies to come between you? But if you are divided from each other, you are no stronger than a single stick in the bundle and can be broken easily. And the moral of the story is, in unity there is strength, divided you fall.